Hi everybody and welcome to a special One Stiletto in the Grave. Um, this came about because I was staying with Sunny this weekend and she happened to be uh, dashing off to the Archers um, studio to record a topical insert and it was just so fascinating that we thought people might like to know about it. So hiya Sunny and hi. tell us what is a topical insert? Well. A topical insert is basically a, a scene which is um, rewritten. We, we always record, you know, about a month ahead of time. So um, if something happens, um, uh, uh, you know, like a, I don't know, an air crash or something, something major I in our world, then if it's at all possible, the archers will try and rewrite a scene in order to incorporate that information. So because uh, the Queen had died uh, on Thursday, sadly, um, it was decided that we would take a scene that had already been recorded about a month ago and rewrite it with that information in. So that's a topical insert, basically. And I was asked on Friday if I would be available um, to do the topical insert uh, with Carol, who plays Linda. And it was a scene, um, it was actually rewritten um, uh, completely for the episode, but Carol and I were already in that episode, if you see what I mean. Uh, so it was a new scene. Um, and I was, so I was asked if I could go in over the weekend and do it, um, mainly Sunday, but unfortunately uh, I was already opening um, a fate <laughs> in, in Warwickshire um, and um, so th there was a lot of phone calls and emails to see if I could extricate myself um, from it um, uh, and of course you came also to that fate didn't you I did, uh, and they were very good about it they were absolutely lovely and um, so I was was able to open the fate and I, and I, and I know that they um, were, were concerned about whether they should go ahead with this um, uh, particular event there was much chat about it but because the proceeds of the fate always went to the church and the community centre they felt that that was in the spirit of maybe what the Queen would have wanted and it would have caused an awful lot of problems if, if you know if, if they had to cancel everything basically and they hadn't been able to do this for three years because of Covid etc etc so after you know great sort of scratchings of head they decided to go ahead with it so that's what I was doing so I, I opened the fate at something like half past 12 and then rushed in the car to Birmingham um, to do the topical insert which um was a scene so I did we finished I think the scene at about half past three four o'clock and then it went out that evening and it was uh, a scene that was written by Katie Hims who'd actually written the whole episode anyway beautifully written I think it was it was always tricky I think trying to get the tone of these things right um, but we've had a lot of lovely response um, from various people about it and um, and and those you know, who are important people at the BBC are very pleased with it as well. So, um, you know, it, it, it's great. And I thought it was a beautifully written written scene. It's, it's trying to find the right sentiment, isn't it? Um, as yeah. much as you can for what people are feeling. I thought it was beautifully written and presumably um, the writer had very little time in which to do it. Mm. Mm. So Absolutely. She would have been asked to do it at short notice. Absolutely. Um, and would she have known at that point because they were, they she would have to find out which character she was going to be writing for. So mm. somebody in the archer's office was presumably ringing around to see who they could get in for her to write the scene for. Absolutely. So you know, um, availabilities and um, yes, you know, I, I I was rung. I think it was it was 
first thing on Friday morning or something like that. Right. And other actors were being availed to see if they were around. Some people were available, some people weren't. So I'm not sure how long it took to find out who was available and who they were going to use because there was all a bit of toing and froing as well with me wondering yeah. whether I could extricate myself um, you know from opening this fate so I mean there were a good few hours before Katie would have known exactly who she was going to uh, you know be writing for uh, yeah. so yes yeah, she had to do it uh, very very quickly because of course it wasn't announced was it until about 6.30 on Thursday um, that the Queen had died now. so it was quite late so there wasn't time that night for uh, the archers obviously to, to, to write a scene for, for that episode sure. that went out it, there was, certainly wasn't enough time and I think then it was decided that the episode that was going out on Friday might not have been the appropriate one anyway even if they could have got the you know the, the, the actual yeah. episode written or, or the scene written so uh, I think it was uh, yeah that, that was we were the characters that were already in the episode and of an age um, yes. which would be appropriate f for that scene really um, yeah. And presumably the other constraint that the writer had is that the editor, I guess, sort of clipped out a scene that was already there to make space for it, but she would have had to write something that took exactly the same amount of time Absolutely. as the scene that went out. Absolutely. Um, and, and I, 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 yeah, I, I, either bits would be... Um, edited out of existing scenes um, to make it work, mm -hmm. make the time work, or, or, or scenes would have been completely um, taken out or, or, or rewritten. Um, and I'm afraid I, I don't have that episode anymore to hand, so I can't, I can't tell you what happened. But um, yes, absolutely. So there was a lot of editing. So when we finished at maybe 3.30, because it was actually Jeremy who, who, who directed us in the episode, um, our editor, uh, and then he then went off to the editing channel to look at the whole episode um, to see what he could chop out and nip out, rewrite, and, well, not rewrite because we'd already written the scene, but, you know, it was edit it, nip it out so that we had the right length of, of, of programme to go out then at seven o'clock that night. Cracky, so mm. that's quite a quite a deadline, isn't it? It's quite a deadline. For you it's to finish deadline. kind yeah. of a bit before four, and then yeah. he's got... You know, less than three hours really to get the whole to thing turn, sorted. To turn it right. I mean, the great thing is you can do that in the arches. It's 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 more difficult if it if it's a I don't know EastEnders or Coronation Street or something like that because you've got so many people that you've got to get back in. You know, you've got cameramen. Anyway, there's a lot of money involved. Whereas with radio, you, you you can do it because it's a question of you know getting back to studio, finding your actors, and so it's a slightly easier exercise. Tricky, of course, but it is yeah. slightly easier exercise, and that's why the arches you know is sort of famous for being able to do these topical yeah. topical inserts i mean i do remember one many many years ago that i did um when um tiger matt uh, was was in the program and he he ha we happened to have recorded a scene where he was actually down in london it was all pre-recorded and then we had those awful um bus bombings do you remember the awful bus bombings? i do very so well this was the natural scene for them to take out to to re-record and i i'm sure it was with june i think i had to do it with june spencer who played peggy but i do remember us being terribly late with it i mean i think we were still recording at sort of like half past five at night and the thing went yeah. out at seven so it was even later but they managed to get it out anyway so. and it's so important to get the right tone isn't it it's not just mm. doing it it's sort of just getting something done and banging it out at seven o'clock saying job done because lots of people will be list will have been listening to that mm. um and and will have been saying have they got this right is this the right tone is this um have they caught the the moment really which yeah. i thought the writing did brilliantly and that 
and that you and Carol did brilliantly in your performances. It was it was quite a short scene, wasn't it? Mm. But um, but it was to the point. But very. I think it was the first time that I'd felt emotional about the about the whole thing of the Queen dying, actually. Mm. But it did. It I did get a little lump in my throat as I sat oh, in your living room as and, uh, and listened to it with you. That's very interesting, isn't it? And and yes, because we were, weren't we? We were, we, yeah. were, we, we thought, oh, I wonder what it's going to sound like. I'd literally done it a couple of hours before, and it, it was lovely to hear it. And and I th- I think. Um, you know, it wasn't difficult uh, for Carol and I to to find that emotion there because I think, as you say, I think we were feeling it. You know, this mm-hmm. it's kind, it's just um, well, it's it, although we knew that she was, you know, in, in her great years, and it wasn't that long that she was going to be around, but it was still a bit of a shock. I think particularly because literally a couple of days before, she welcomed Liz Truss as the new prime minister. So it it, it yeah. was that juxtaposition, I think, uh, of suddenly one minute she was there and the next minute she wasn't. And, and hearing on the news, you know, people saying that literally the weekend before, you know, she was having lunch and she was very bright and alert. So mm. so it's it's as much that as anything else. But of course, it's it's the greater grief, isn't it, of the communal grief that everybody feels. It's the, the, the shock of it as well. And, um, yes, she was so very visible a couple of days before, wasn't she? And yeah. It does go like that sometimes. My dad, my beloved dad, had a very, very, very happy last day when he did everything that he normally did. He was out and about, you know, talking to people, chatting, laughing. And then and then he died. Mm-hmm. So it does... And it's, it's, it is however old someone is, and my dad was very elderly when he died. It's still a shock. It's not a surprise, but it's a shock because... Mm-hmm. When someone has been very visibly active, you kind of expect there to be more of a gradual decline, I suppose. Yeah, you do, don't you? And and I think that the the words that Katie, who wrote um, that particular scene, used were, were clever. Mm. You know, it, it, the inspiration she was inspirational. That was one of Carol's. She mm. was inspirational, and I think that you know, particularly because when she came to the throne, women, you know, were, were not that present were they in in public life I mean it was quite quite something um and I think she was an inspiration to a lot of women uh, there were possibilities weren't there for, for women women were still sort of uh, had limits to what they could do but I think she gave a lot of women the idea that maybe there was choice somewhere and I've, there were possibilities yeah. I think you're right I, um there was a very interesting article in the Guardian I can't remember who wrote it I'm afraid just pointing out that at the at the time that she acceded to the throne, women couldn't get a mortgage in their own right. Mm-hmm. Um, you couldn't get a diaphragm fitted unless you had a wedding um, certificate, your marriage certificate. You're you're you have very little agency as a woman in the early fifties, mm-hmm. and and that is this is the you know I, we were both born like a year after the coronation, weren't we? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's. Absolutely. This is very much of our lifetime and that what women can do now. Well, you know, the last thing that she did was to um, was to appoint a woman prime minister. Yeah, I mean, you know, and how how things have have, have moved on. And I mean, she I, I also think people admire her, admired her very much 
for her personality. I mean, I think, yes, she was our queen, but I think it was some of the qualities that she had. I mean, she was steadfast, wasn't she? She was devoted. And and she wasn't born to be queen, was she? I mean, it was perchance because her uncle decided to abdicate and and the whole family had to take on this mantle. Um, And the only way that she was going to get out of it was by abdicating herself. But no, you know, whereas... A lot of us have choice about things. I mean, I know life can deal us all sorts of things, but she didn't have much choice, she, and she took that mantle on. And I think, you know, a great love for the country, great love for the people, and everyone that you, you hear who spoke to her, who had more intimate conversations with her, said she was just so attentive. You know, she, she cared very much about people, and you forgot that she was the queen. You know, mm. she was able to really communicate with people um, and, and felt very deeply. Um, uh, you know, for for the country. But, I mean, she saw so much, didn't she? You know, the the decades that she was uh, the Queen, so much much has happened since. I mean, and that's so interesting what you're saying, you know, uh, about about what women could and couldn't do then, you know. Yeah, yeah. So she was a great, great inspiration. And... uh, it's very interesting, isn't it? The outpouring of leaf, of grief, not leaf, grief, um, that, that there that there is, and and it's almost like people feel connected to her personally as well. But I suppose it's because it's marked by the different experiences in their life. She's always been there, hasn't she? Yeah, I think she's a she's a very interesting woman because to some extent it seems to me she subsumed her own personality mm. and became somebody that you know people she didn't talk about what she felt about anything did she and people projected things onto her which is why Mm. she became very beloved I think and Mm. um, it's it's fascinating I was thinking today as I was driving off somewhere that she's we learn all those lists of dates of kings and queens don't we Mm. and for our grandkids she'll be another one in those list of that list of dates Mm. and um, yeah, and they will know King Charles for however long he is, uh, for how long he lives. Mm. Well, mm. Interesting absolutely. times. I, I find the pageantry and the history absolutely fascinating. Mm. It's uh, God knows who's the person who has the big book that has all these instructions in about what you do mm. when this happens, but mm. clearly it's a very big book and they are able to sort of swing things into place very, very rapidly because, I mean, I'm in London and you can't get a hotel room for love nor money, apparently. Um, But, you know, the arrangements for so many people to pour into London, Mm. all these heads of state as well, who are going to be arriving, who've been told to get the bus. (laughs) I think not. I know. I think they're probably not getting the X-26 from Heathrow as I would, but um, (laughs) I expect it's some sort of Ponzi bus. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, But, yeah. I mean, it's a, it's it's a lot, to be... lot to do. I mean, God, you know, goodness knows, Sonny, you and I have arranged funerals, haven't we, for our friends and our yeah. and our loved ones and our family. And it's a it's a very difficult thing to do mm. in a very short in a short period of time mm. when it's when it's not a public thing. You know, I've, mm. neither of us have had to organise that, but to geez, to organise something like this. Mm. 
It's, wow. I mean, it, it's huge, isn't it? And, you know, even down to the toilets that they're going to need. <laughs> um, you know, I was listening to Radio 4 on, on the way in. And to hear, and, I mean, it, it, all, it, those little things that you don't even think about. Mm. But, of course, it, they've, they've been planning all this, yeah. you know, haven't they, for years and years and years. It's, all, it's all down there, as you say. It's in, it's in a great big book. And, it, but, and also the security. I mean, um, yeah. King Charles was in yeah. Northern Ireland today. And it, uh, I was really interested watching the security men around him. And, it, mm. you know... Uh, whether there was a very tall chap behind him, they're, they're, they're almost sort of cocooned. I mean, it's very, yeah. it's very interesting that the whole thing, watch, watching it, mm-hmm. and and also apparently, I mean, she, the Queen, had been laid to rest um, in the um, the church in Edinburgh, and twenty only for twenty four hours, and twenty four thousand people had already passed um, the coffin, and I think they're expecting something like four hundred forty thousand in London. Um, to, I mean, there'll be millions more people, but 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 yeah, in, yeah. to be able to get them through um, and they'd like to get more through it's it is it's the whole logistics of it it's just just yeah. absolutely extraordinary isn't it it is, and, it, uh, is. it is um, well mm. well done for playing your part and well, thank you very much uh, in this whole strange period of time because yeah i mean huge congratulations to you to carol to jeremy to katie for writing it and for everybody else in the archer's office who's involved, including all the people who were doing all the phone calls, trying to set it up in the first place, because absolutely, yeah, that that was a huge job for somebody. It, it was, was, yeah, it, a huge amount of work, but it was it was terrific. So well done, you. It was well. Thank you very much. And uh, I just want to thank the good people of Pebworth for allowing me. Yes. It was Pebworth fate for yeah. allowing me to 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 leave what I did, although I did manage to open the fate. Um. So uh, yes, but they totally understood, and and, and obviously, yeah. and and I just felt privileged and honoured to be part of it yeah. in the arches, and um, you know, I will mm. keep that script forever. Thanks for listening to our One Stiletto in the Grey podcast. If you'd like to see behind-the-scenes clips and bonus content, please visit our Facebook page, One Stiletto in the Grave podcast. And if you'd like to ask any questions, follow us on Twitter at One Stiletto 65. This podcast is produced by Raggedy House Productions and the music composed by Tom Smith. See you next time.